Hello, 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 hello. Uh, sorry to, uh, it's a day late this week. Had a few loose ends had to tie up, a few things had to nip in the bud. A few things going on. Got fingers in lots of different lovely tasty pies. Burnt off, singed my um, fingerprint um, on one of the pies, but then found a balm that soothed the burnt off fingerprint and uh, always right in the world. Today I'm going to be talking about Essex Girls in honour of Sarah Perry's new book, Essex Girls for Profane and Opinionated Women Everywhere. And what she says is that uh, Essex Girls aren't bound by geography, that, that they have a visible and confronting female agency hinging on a flagrant disregard for the establishment and a willingness to place her personal freedoms above public approval. There's something pleasingly anti-establishment about an Essex girl. And that's quite radical for women to be shrugging off the demands of respectability and a nicely guarded reputation. There's some overlap with the Karen archetype. My mom's called Karen, but Karen with an O because her dad was dyslexic. K-A-R-O-M. And in an issue of Wired, La Vie Karenesca. They, they uh, used French feminist theory to bring this Karen archetype into focus. And it says, Karen holds a mirror up to, uh, up to social nature, revealing the ghoulish face of both feminine self-dramatization and reflexive white imperialism. Because unfortunately, where there's a Karen, there's a racism. Uh, that doesn't apply to my mum. My mum is not a, a, a racist person. She's, uh, she's very tolerant and progressive in a lot of ways. But then she um, was a little bit intolerant when it came to my nan's Christianity because she was a bit proselytising, a bit Bible-bashy, not to use that derogatory term. She was uh, trying to force her religion upon us, religious dogma upon us, to brainwash us as children into the way of the Lord. I took it and bald. My brother didn't. I'm a Quaker, though. I'm not. Uh, it's a Christian dom- denomination. But what what was I reading recently? Where it said. Oh yeah, though no, actually it was in it was in the Sarah Perry's uh, Essex Girl book, where it said Quakerism is actually very radical in its own right because encoded into the DNA of uh, of Quaker beliefs is um, this idea of collectivization and. I see if I can find the the bit. 
No, I can't leave Dead Air like this. Oh, yeah, she was a Quaker, which was and remains in its way a radical identity with a commitment to equality, peace and social justice being more or less a tenet of the faith. And that is what Quakers are like. And that's why they're lovely little porridgey blokes. We don't have any birds in there. <laughs> We're not having any birds in our boys club. We're the Quaker boys, Quaker lads. Got a couple of gay lads, but not having birds, mate. No, we have. It's a, it's a group of about six of us. I'm on the flower rota, which means I sometimes have to replenish the uh, flowers, which um, I uh, I resent. I resent that part of it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, they're all boomers. They got the bunts to keep fucking about with gardenias. So I just nicked some from my mum. My dad used to um, use Brussels sprout stalks as flowers. As like a de- like a decorative table um, feature. He also used to walk around town in bare feet all the time during summer. It's a strange uh, thing for someone who is a, a, a policeman who is who believed in law and order. It runs counter to what you imagine the policeman to be, um, quite conservative, which which he he was, and that's uh, gradually loosened up. Since he retired from the police force and retrained as a maths teacher, he's still feels politically homeless. Homeless, um, but he said he would be more likely to, you know, a lifelong conservative voter would be more likely to vote Labour now. And I, I love the Essex archetype. Like I've I've spoken before about my mum encompassing that Essex girl archetype um, uh, uh, unapologetically bolshy Essex mum who very much wears the trousers in the family beat up two guys with a tambourine so godchildren called a biff and uh, another part of the Karen article Karen could qualify as what Sisu, it's C I X O U S. I think he wrote, I oh know, I'm thinking of Rene Girard. He wrote a book about scapegoats. Sisu uh, praised as an admirable hysteric, one who, in Christava's view, subverts at a fever pitch the master discourse of rules and regulations. Fuck those rules. Fuck those regulations. I'm smothering it with my tight. God. Flop out of top. Go flop out of top, mate. Big big tip. Go ram it down your throat. Gonna ram this uh pointed sack of fat down your throat to your choke. That's what you get for trying to enforce your rules and regulations. And that's what you get, uh Mr. Train Conductor who uh, tried to snatch a ticket from my mum's hand before 
and he looked like Penfold, and she's quite short and round as well. Um, so she chased him up the aisle of the train and whacked him over the head with a copy of Heat magazine. And then when she came back, I was sitting there about 15, 16 years old, eating my Kit Kat, trying to pretend that I wasn't involved in this in any way. And she turned around to me and went, oh, so you just got to sit there and do nothing, you absolute fucking baby. Thanks, mum. I don't know if it has said that aggressively, but it, it, that's how it felt in my memory. Very, 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 very demeaning. But mum is uh, actually a good mum. She's a wonderful mum. And as I write in uh, the recent chapter of my book, and this is about a conversation I was having with woke feminist geezer, Rich Wilson, who's got an incredible podcast called Insane in the, the Men Brain, and now Insane in the Fem Brain. So one's about uh, talking to men about mental health, and now he's started um, a, uh, uh, an accompanying podcast where he talks to, talks to women and non-binary people, also about mental health. He, says, he keeps saying he's going to get me on the podcast, but he hasn't yet. And I don't know if it's because I stink, or if it's because uh, I, I I yarp on for a good 10 minutes before I find a, a, a thread. And, um, you know, so start to be coherent. But he ain't got me on. I'm only joking. He's got a lot of brilliant people. And uh, it's, it's during a, a pandemic when you have access to people with big, big profiles who wouldn't usually have access to in, uh, in, in, in normal times. So here I say, um, I go on to meet comedian Rich Wilson down the park, talk Allen, a Bichon free Terrier cross. It's the first August of the pandemic. We're wearing masks and keeping our distance. And there's an enduring struggle between my individual anarchic psyche and the laws that make civilization possible. I wholeheartedly support any measures to reduce deaths, but as there's no research to prove canine to human transmission, the park's dogs on leads rule seems arbitrary. So Alan is left to gamble freely. His cumulus ears astride his head. Go forth and lick knobs, dog knobs. It's a defiant part of my personality I inherited from my mum. A petulant non-conformance with set standards and procedures. Some righteous impulse towards disorder that I also extend to the people I care for to enable them to be lewd, disruptive and antisocial without the repressive and sometimes necessary authority of the other carers or family members. These were men, Thomas Merton wrote in The Wisdom of the Desert, that believed to set oneself apart, uh, to, to, that believed to set lets some um, oneself drift along passively accepting the tenets and values of what they knew as a society was purely and simply a disaster and that's the justification i gave for myself when i went to a youth hostel and nicked some scrambled egg from the breakfast buffet my pockets are full of egg because i'm a mystic and this mentality 
this petulant non-conformance is um it comes with the privilege of being a, a white male in society so it's not not very sort of cutesy and girl bossy when i do it like when my mum does it it's slightly more acceptable being a, a middle-aged uh, woman in society who uh, is someone who may be overlooked or ignored or p- pushed to the sidelines. And so for her to, um, to to be vocal, to be audible, to barge your way into some someone's, uh, the centre point of someone's vision, it's 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 kind of fine but for me to do it it's obnoxious but yeah i'm against like i can't stand foffing me and michael spoke about this foffing or jolly hockey sticks palatable naughtiness like amber rudd's daughter what's her name her and it gives the appearance of being transgressive and a breach of social politesse, but it's very controlled and stage managed. Just goes, it's, it's permissible. Little Englander. Smuttiness. Like I once worked with someone who said she was going to shove a milk bottle up my ass and stamp on my coccyx. And she'd often swipe her groin with her hand and say how much she stinks like shit. I want to see more of that on TV and radio. I've seen some people as well get on 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 stuff who sort of advancing, progressing in the in the comedy world. Who it's one person in particular, and that person doesn't deserve anything. But I don't want to be a fucking straight white man talking about feminism. <coughs> Pardon. I don't want to be that, but I am that for the time being for this podcast. Again, burping. Done it last time. It's my right. It's my right. This is what we do. Uh, Sizu or whatever said, or was it Merton? Tom, Thomas, Paul Merton. Paul Merton said, some of us are drifting in the desert and burping inside your fucking dick, mate. <laughs> what do you mean burping in my dick? How can you burp in the dick? I can say what I want and not mean anything, and that's fine because that's my right as a working class person. Easy, Essex, easy estuary charm. I'm an enlightened wide boy. That's how I actually describe Rich Wilson. And I say he's stocky, with silver rockabilly hair, sun-kissed complexion, salt and pepper beard, and Phil Daniels glasses. He's a very good-looking man. He's, he's, he's. I think he's, I think he's in his forties, and he's, he's looking very healthy, a lot healthier than me. Even though he's got oh, twenty years on me. Um, and in an article called uh, "Dark Emotions" by Jenny Turner in the london review of books and she is about the uh, uk women's liberation movement and he talks about a documentary called night cleaners from 1975 about night cleaners 
a group of uh, women who who worked well they worked multiple jobs but one of their jobs they worked was at night time as a cleaner and their attempts to try and unionize my mum used to work nights as well to accommodate mine and my brother's uh, schedule when we were kids and um she worked she worked she was a nurse but she worked as in elderly care for 12 years during our childhood i write about that in the new chapter while i was in primary school mum also worked as an elderly care assistant to accommodate mine and my brother's schedule caro that's going back years better when you were a nuisance says mum after i initiated a conversation about my childhood like any mum who wants to preserve the prelapsarian image of their child before the rupture of adolescence and the declivitous lows and druggy mania of the 20s, the nuisance years, she's sugarcoating my fuck-ups. But at the moment, we're focusing on the early 90s when I was pre-full and cherubic and an absolute pussy. We're sitting in the lounge under a painting of two drafts with luminous rainbow spots. I hate it, but mum says, drafts are lovely. Hence the painting. And during an email exchange with the pa- about the pandemic, comedian Stuart Lee responded to a photo of me desolately slumped on the sofa with, you've got a nice painting of smart drafts. It will be okay. The pets ain't like they used to be. I mean, <laughs> they were like a big long sanitary towel. Sorry, I like a big long sanitary towel. And we had no hoist, so we were forced to do the manoeuvres that are now illegal. The Australian, pulling them up by their arms. Bloody beds didn't go up and down. Didn't have special bags for the shit. During one of my Chicken Little episodes, afraid of bombs or guns or people toe-punting seahorses, because in the previous chapter I spoke about being worried that Saddam Hussein was going to bomb all sea life, I was picked up from school and taken to the care home where mum was on a shift. I had a magic eye painting and asked the elders, their vision fogged by cataracts, if they could see the lion. They couldn't even see me. For a moment, I was Princess Diana on the mantelpiece. The little lady wants to get off of the shelf. One of them was a centenarian, 104 years old. Her favourite joke, repeated ad nauseum, was, How do you make a sausage roll? You push it. <laughs> followed by a burst of cackling laughter. There was a picture of her as a baby with Queen Victoria, and she was a teenager when the Titanic went down, Mum continues, a slight perkiness in her voice, fondly recalling this ancient friend. And she had nine children, and all of them had died except two. Well, if you're going to choose to live to 104, I say. And she used to say, my boys are coming in, and they were like 80 and 82, and dead, I reply. No, they were the alive ones, though they looked dead. But she still saw these two old men with stoma bags as her little boys. And she lost her husband. She lost loads of children, if you lived that long, I mumble. Her face was really craggy, deep lines, deep recesses. But her skin on her body was like what you call an English rose. Did she smell like an English rose? Do you smell like an English rose? Fair point, I concede. Um, And yeah, and in this article about night cleaners i'll read out this extract night cleaners the legendarily hard to watch documentary and i think it was quite avant-garde that's what it is that's why it's hard to watch and like jump cuts 
long breaks of blackness, harsh juxtapositions of sound and image, and Scott Joplin's Maple Leaf Rag soundtrack in it. And everything is difficult and uncomfortable and unpleasant, and everyone is tired out and knows they're failing, including the filmmakers who must have known that their work would be of no use to the people it's actually about. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, it's, so it's made by the Berwick Street Film Collective about Daisy, Pat, Annie, Elsie, Jean, and the other, other low-paid women who struggle to unionise in spite of tiredness, isolation, and a total lack of interest from the Transport and General Workers Union. It's been reissued on the DVD. Alexander, who is... Oh, who is that? She was one of the middle-class UK women's liberation movement. Uh, oh, a, a feminist historian, Sally Alexander. Alexander was one of several activists from the London Women's Liberation Workshop who supported the cleaners. And in the film, we see her scurrying from the Shell Centre to the Ministry of Defence with her friend and fellow feminist, the historian Sheila Robotham, and remonstrating with May Hobbs, the forceful and ambitious leader of the Cleaners Action Group. They haven't got the time to run their own branch, May. Never mind their own union, Alexander says. And a little later, she's pulling coins out of her purse for yet another donation. A class gulf existed between our lives and those of the cleaners, wrote both of them, wrote in 2008. We were, ne we, were ne we were nearly all young, bouncy, in our 20s. The reality of the women's lives was remote from us. At the time, Alexander wrote that the dreary round of housework interspersed with menial job during the day, then more housework all night for a pittance, with no sleep all week, aroused our sympathy and concern. And we're still seeing that. We're still seeing people of a certain social class who are dealing with uh, societal issues that may be considered, if not irrelevant, then quite highfalutin and rarefied when compared to the day-to-day -day realities of people who are in working class or lower class conditions. And it's sometimes hard, hard to reconcile the two perspectives because, you know, some of these academics and people of that ilk are not immersing themselves in 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 the lives of normal, normal people, and this is where this is where you can get uh, a, a certain snobbery from um, a snobbery from the left, but then also a cynical exploitative uh, re relationship with the working classes from cultural commentators on the right who really are you know they 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 people who have had an elite education 
but they try to slum it with the working classes and appeal to their sensibilities. But then both of them are equally condescending and um, condescending and reductionist because uh, these people are usually made out to be louts bigoted louts and there is plenty of those about like piss porch Jan across the road she's a fucking bigot we call her out there all the time but she uh, I mean she's got big she's got big um, ulcerated big ulcerated cow legs her, her whole legs look like fucking udders it's like she's squadging along on two fat ulcerated udders that's no life she can be big to all she want, mate. If everyone is uh, leading a better life than big fat cow other ulcer legs who lets out a big horse piss on my front porch and doesn't even acknowledge it. Just squad his home. <laughs> I've, uh, I've changed her name. She's an Essex bird. She don't... She, she's pushing down... Uh, she's push, pushing down... Uh, um, boundaries and restrictions wherever she goes mainly because people are given a wide berth because of the ulcerated legs the aforementioned ulcerated legs but another part of this Essex girl archetype is rapacious behaviour and energetic sexual freedoms and no one is fucking touching that across the road there no one <laughs> so I'm being purposely uh, boyish but this is the thing, you, you be a bit of a boy under the guise of irony, like you're aware of uh, that that, that, that behaviour is wrong. But this is a, a humorous characterization, a humorous characterization of that behaviour. But really what you're doing is just allowing yourself to indulge that part of your personality in all its ugliness under the facade of irony but really you you are that you are that thing you are mocking uh anyway i yeah this is another one done um i hope you enjoy it love to you all <laughs>